0: Welcome, welcome to the Words Women and Wisdom Radio Show, streaming live from BBS in California and syndicating to over 100 stations globally, including iHeart and iTunes. I'm your show host, Yvonne E.L. Silva. And if you haven't joined the show before, this show is all about unlift, uplifting the spirit of humanity, and I do that by showcasing amazing women, typically who've risen from some sort of tragedy to triumph, and are now out making an impact globally, and I am working with those women as solopreneurs who are looking to flourish in business and are seeking ways to move up to CEO, and I'm doing quite a bit of that work. Why? Because I am passionate about seeing women rise to success and flourish in business, especially women entrepreneurs, because that can create such a massive ripple effect. When women hire, because they're expanding, more women, and pay them at fair wages, everybody wins. We know that women, and if you're a man listening, just take this into consideration, women generally look at the long-term gain. We look at sustainability in business. We look at how to have excellent customer relations. We look at how to nurture our staff and our employees and our team because we know that long-term relationships matter. It's not only about business making a buck in the next quarter. It's about a longer-term picture than that. It's about having a legacy that we're proud of, that we want to continue, that we as leaders can role model strong feminine leadership for our kids, especially our children who are young girls. So this show is about showcasing those women. Now, typically, I have a guest on the show. My last guest, for example, was Jennifer Huff, international transformational leader in applied science, talking about her new book, Unstuck. And that replay is actually available now in the archive section of this show. So I'll give you the uh, opportunity to connect later on with the show page and look at all of the replays that are there, archiving some amazing Interviews with strong women and I'm going to come back to that point in a little bit. So today I am your guest. I have a ton of wisdom learned over the last 30 years working in business and as I said my mission is uplifting the spirit of humanity and I do that because I had a experience growing up London England. You can tell from my accent I'm not born in North America and I, I literally watched my mom have The dignity drained right out of her. Yes, right out of her, because she was a stay at home mom. She wasn't when she met my dad. She was a professional woman working in business, having her own independent income. And then she met my dad later in life after the war, and he came back with PTSD. And it showed up in our world as him being a very angry, impatient man. He just didn't get treated. Like hundreds of thousands of men came back from the war, they didn't get treated. So that anger showed up to us as him yelling and getting mad at my mum, being very, very meager with the housekeeping money. I mean they lived in that time of scarcity post war where you you kept every pink piece of foil and reused it until it fell apart. you kept. Cling wrap and sandwich wrap. You reused those kinds of things. Your p- paper for the from the butter. You used to use that to line the the tins of your baking before you put your flour on. They reused and recycled everything. That mindset of scarcity. And he literally drained the dignity right out of my mom by not giving her very much housekeeping money, so she didn't have her own money. He took the car keys and he literally did not listen to her either. So she was what I call my first unmentor, and she's the reason I wrote my best-selling book, Words, Women, and Wisdom, The Modern Art of Confident Conversations. She taught me what not to do, because he turned on me when I was 11 as well, sharing that, because I missed missed passing an exam by two marks, that I would never, ever be successful in life. remember him screaming at me as he opened the envelope with those results. I'm just about to go into high school. Yeah, that stuck, that hurt. And I ended up I ended up putting up a shield to protect myself from those kinds of angry words from someone I thought loved me. And I actually stayed behind that shield. I lost my voice in high school too. Didn't, um, didn't articulate and didn't speak up very much. So, everyone thought that I was sort of toughy you nose, know, they call it in England. I was a snob because I wasn't talking very much to other people. I wasn't communicating, but I was really aggressive on the hockey field. Um, so, I took my energy and poured it into lived experiences, adventures, and sports. So, later on in life, it was about 45 by the time I burned out from my career and decided I was actually going to need to do something differently and came out from behind that shield after doing a ton of personal development work, working with several uh, globally renowned coaches and mentors and looking at what I needed to do to actually step out from that shield. Because not only was it protecting me, but it was keeping me small inside because I was hidden behind the shield and it was time to step up step out, bring what I'd learned over 30 years of business experience to the forefront and look at what could I bring to other women who were looking at starting their business to be able to have them flourish in business, not be like my mom, where they had the power to speak up. But this time I'd interviewed and hired about 6,000 people in my career. So I picked up a lot of tips along the way. And this is what I share through my work, through my radio show, through powerful questions of my guests, through Women and Wisdom Media, which I'm now the CEO and founder for, through my book, through this radio show, through my events, virtual summits and writings and articles to share what I've learned that could help another woman. So examples of some of the kinds of women I work with um, all sorts <laughs> primarily though mission inspired women entrepreneurs they could be speakers, advocates, coaches, authors, um, they could be professors um, I've worked with many different types of business owners who are working in different industries, mostly service based though and it's really about helping them to speak up, articulate their value really clearly so they have tons of sales coming in and then how do they manage that that work they need to hire their team they need to train lead and empower their team with ease and grace so along the way in that journey I worked in sales roles I came to Canada actually in a sales role I also worked in high-tech startups and I interviewed and hired about 6,000 people during my career which added insights when I was putting my book together Now, I interviewed and hired or interviewed rather 13 other confident and influential women, and I brought their wisdom nuggets into the book as well. People like Marcy Shymoff, the the speaker uh, who worked with, um, excuse me, worked with Jack Canfield to put the Women's Soup for Chicken Soup for the Soul series together. She has her own book uh, about happiness. Um, Melinda Whitstock, founder for Prophelo and also for a number of other high-tech ventures. I also interviewed powerful women who are making an impact in the world, people like Monica Kretschmer with the Universal Women's Network, interviewed other women who have a message that is landing with people and it is communicating the power of women in business and brought their stories to light in the book, too, along with 175 references from people like Simon Sinek and, uh, you know, different articles from Forbes, etc. So this this show is a compilation. I wanted to actually host a post-International Women's Day event to talk a little bit about what's happening in the world and some of those incredible leaders, female leaders who I have interviewed. So did you know I was Um, aware of some of the research that catalyst the organization around the globe who for 50 years has been collecting data and sharing data about what's happening in the marketplace for women, women in particular. So in 2021, they reported that 26% of CEOs are now uh, women versus 15% in 2019. So we've shifted up six points from 2019 to 2021, woohoo! women are starting to become more recognized as powerful leaders because of the work and the impact that we're making. Um, there is quite a bit of data out there that talks about the skills that women naturally bring to leadership being of huge value. We, we, we actually encourage and foster growth in other women at a higher percentage than men. We do that. We also, though, are looking at the long-term goal. Another article um, looked at Fortune 500, 23 uh, women CEOs are now shown um, of Fortune 500 companies in 2021, including six of color. So I have a number of friends of all different backgrounds and diversities. One of the women I interviewed on the show. Uh, Dr. Gay Lang was also working in that field of diversity and inclusion. She is a professor. She has her own podcast. I interviewed on her uh, show. She interviewed me on, uh, I interviewed on her show. I interviewed her on my show. So we've, we've traded making some significant, significant statements around diversity and inclusion in the workplace. So Canada and North America is catching up. We're not the fastest, though. So those women CEOs in Africa, it's a 39 percent percentage. Southeast Asia, 38 percent in. um, uh, Where are we? The EU, 34 percent. Latin America was 36 percent. North America, we're at 33% right now, and Asia Pacific, 28%. So there are stats that are showing that we are climbing in our leadership capacity. And yet there is so much more that we can bring to the table. So we're trying to get that parity number where women and men are equally placed around the boardroom table, because we add a different dynamic. We are looking at the organization with that mindset of nurturing. That's one of our natural capabilities. And how can we have longevity? How can we leave a legacy? Not only about, as I said, making those numbers in this next quarter. It's not about the short-term perspective. Mercer, um, the human resources um, study firm, also in 2020, they uh, surveyed 1100 individuals, and from that data they were looking and saying you know 23% for executive contribution women in executive roles 29% senior manager roles 37 in managers. in professionals and 47% in support positions. So you can look at that data and say, hmm, 47% in support positions versus 23% in executive positions, we have a ways to go to build out that pipeline. So what are some of the things that women are doing that are making a difference? What are some of the things that women are still not doing which are holding them back? And I know from my own research when I was writing my book, Words of Women and Wisdom, The Modern Art of Confident Conversations, that there's there's actually a number of reasons why women aren't advancing as fast. First of all, we're not asking for those promotions. So we don't ask for the highest salaries. We don't negotiate as much for salaries and salary increases as our male counterparts do. We might look at a list of 10 qualities that are being sought in a job hiring role profile and because we don't have all 10 we don't always apply whereas our male counterparts very often will have five of those things and still apply because it's about having that that inner confidence to actually know what we're capable of doing and how to present that in a fashion that doesn't feel like bragging because that is something that very often for women is a much more challenging area. So how do you do that? How do you speak to your value without it feeling like bragging? So I have a system, and I wrote about this in my best-selling book. The book has got 40 different words and word concepts in it to help women have more powerful language. So on that topic of showcasing your value, if you are in a corporate role and you're listening to this, it's about being crystal clear. First of all, what are you being measured on? in your organization. Had that conversation with a client just this week. I won't share any names or break any confidences, but it really is about understanding when you first get hired for a new position, what are the expectations? And you can ask even in the interview process, what is it after three months of 90 days of being in this role? How will I be valued? And and, uh, what will be the metrics for success so I know what I'm reaching for? how will my success be measured in the first 90 days? So getting crystal clear, even before you're hired. And sometimes that is telling because if the interviewer cannot answer how you're gonna be measured after the first 90 days, that potentially flags that there's an issue internally already. They're hiring perhaps at a knee-jerk reaction. They haven't thought through what is it that we're actually hiring? What skills do we need? Oh, we just need somebody. Well, you don't want to necessarily take that role unless you're clear on how you're going to be measured, because it makes it so much easier to show up working on the right things, showcasing your value, speaking to your results when those are in alignment with the metrics laid out initially for the job. So when you're clear on how you're going to be measured, then you can have the conversation at the 90 day mark. Even if you had been hired with a great salary to begin with, you can also inquire after your first 90 days about the next level for having that conversation. What is the next level of success? And what does that conversation look like? When will your next salary review be coming up? So, how do you measure your success? Well, what is the impact? So, it's a what, why, who, where, when type scenario. What is the specific metric that you are accountable for. When did you actually work on that metric and what did you accomplish? Who did it impact? How did it impact them? What metrics, what return on investment numbers can you wrap around your specific role? What did you do? Who did you do it with? When did you do it? Were you ahead of time, ahead of project budget, early in your delivery? What, when, who, why? Why was it important that this be done? What's the impact of this initiative? How will it change the face of the work you're doing, your relationships with your customers, your relationships with your employees, your first to market advantage, whatever that metric is that you've been hired for? And and then all you're doing, you're not bragging. You're simply referencing what you did, who you did it for, when you did it, what the impact was, and putting some numbers around it. Because everybody in the executive team responds to the numbers. What is the return on investment? What are those numbers? What have you been able to increase? What have you been able to decrease? Maybe you've decreased expenses by a specific amount. You've increased customer retention. You've increased employee engagement. You've increased revenues. But maybe you have also decreased some things, decreased some Uh, time lags that are holding things up. So know what your metrics are, ladies. That is absolutely key to having the success you desire in business. Being able to articulate that with, with strength without it feeling like bragging. The other thing is, and I talk about this in chapter eight, when no words are even required. Yes, there's 40 different words and word concepts in the book, but there's also a chapter that talks about other things. So how can you have influence without using your language? Hmm. So the chapter is actually called When No Words Are Required. So some of the concepts in here, I just want to share a couple of things before we carry on looking at some other incredible women and their results. Using silence and the power pause. Sometimes when you pause, if you have ever taken professional speaking training, it's pausing to let something sink in. It's pausing to make a statement and, and causing people to let that settle, let that impact be really felt. Sometimes it's about saying one word or one or two words and then a question mark. Excuse me? Sometimes when we have our teenagers saying things that sound completely outrageous, all we need to say is, excuse me, and that will cause them to stop, (laughs) recalibrate, think about what they said, and present it in a new fashion. Sometimes, though, it is about using that silence as a tool for leverage. So in coaching, very often I will ask a powerful question and then I will actually practice by using my pen on my lip. That is one of my signals that I should not be talking right now. So I'll ask the question, put my pen on my lip. And that is my signal to keep quiet and let the silence do the heavy lifting. So let the other person take the time to think through what they want to respond with, what their answer is and not feel the need to jump in and rescue them. Let them think it through. Because when we're working with our team, when we're working as leaders with our staff, we can either tell them what to do and they may or may not be fully committed to it, or we can ask them, You know, say, this is the project, this is the timeline that we have for it, we need it done by this timeline completed. What are your first couple of steps that you'll take in order to get this project off the ground. You can tell whether or not they understand the outcome, they understand what the timeline is, and if they're completely going down a rabbit hole or whether they are actually making their most direct route to start that work being done. You can tell when you ask them, but if you ask them and let them figure out their own path, they feel much more empowered. They're much more likely to follow through on that work because they're using their resources, their creativity, their ideas on how to get it done, and you're not micromanaging them. All you're telling them is, this is what needs to be done by this deadline, how will you go about it? And recognize that when it's a brand new employee, they might not not want to share that they don't know how to do something yet. Although every position has some sort of learning curve, because the culture is different, the tools are different, the pace is different, the customers are different, even if it's exactly the same work. So while they might not be willing to speak up initially, and if you say, you know, do you understand what I've asked you to do, they'll just say yes, when sometimes they don't understand. When you ask them how they're gonna approach it, it gives you the information you need anyway. And it helps them to be more comfortable because if they have an idea on how they're gonna go about it and you need to redirect them or guide them to a faster way to do it because you know the organization, you know the resources available, where to find those tools, who to maybe make a relationship with that will have the insights and information to help them get there faster, you can redirect, but give them a chance to work out how they're going to do it themselves. They will own it and they will be much more accountable. So that's about the power pause and, and using directives in a, in a different way when you're delegating. There's also about body language and presence. Hmm. So if you are a woman in business, you know, you've heard the expression, no doubt, dress for success. Yes always show up as though you are ready for the next level of position above the one that you've already been hired for. Because that way, it's so much easier when an opening comes up or an opportunity arises for other people to see you easily stepping into that role, that you are ready. No one's going to give you more work, a bigger job, a more responsible job, unless you've already proven that you're capable of doing your own job well, exceedingly well, However, if you look the part, simply adding a jacket that has a collar makes a huge difference. You show up looking like you're ready to do the job. You're credible. You have more of an authority air to you. And most managers, depending on what the environment is, but most managers will at some point be putting jackets on, whether they're going for venture capital funding or whether they're presenting to senior partners or important clients. So you may as well get used to selecting jackets that work for you. And there's so many different styles for women, whether it's a a wide collar, a mandarin collar. It doesn't have to be a lapel jacket that is looking like it was transported from a male model onto yourself. Use your flair, your femininity, come to the table as authentically as possible, showing up with your value, your clarity, and what impact you can make, and that is an alignment of your impact, your messaging, your presence, your energetic resonance, and the work that you're ready to do and looking the part. Yeah. So first impressions matter, obviously, because you only get mm, less than 30 seconds for people to literally look you up and down, even though you're on Zoom, <laughs> if, they're, if you're on Zoom, they're more often looking at your background. And trying to distill whether or not you are credible and showing up authentically and you can be trusted to get the work done. If you show up and you have this crazy pile of laundry in the background, your toilet door is open, uh, it just doesn't share the same level of credibility that you might want to share. So be very cautious about not only first impressions of you, but first impressions behind the scenes as well. So one other thing I want to touch on is this topic of um, focus. So focus is a really important part, especially for women, because we are very often measured based on our results. And this is, again, back to other research, but based on our results, past experiences versus our future potential, which is what our male counterparts are very often measured on, their future potential for some reason still we have to prove our worth we have to validate what we're capable of by showcasing this is what i did in the past and this is what i'm capable of in the future so whether you're interviewing internally for a new job or externally because that's one of the best ways to get at least a 10,000 dollar salary bump is to interview externally for a new job right now the world is crying out for talent then use that same approach internally. So it could sound like this. You've heard of behavior descriptive interviews, perhaps. Even if you don't have those as a regular standard inside your organization, get well-versed and practice how you actually put that together. So a behavior descriptive interviewing process is about understanding what the person has done in the past Not what they might do or they theoretically think they should do in that situation. It's what they actually did. Using an example of exercise, right? Do you believe it's important for everyone to exercise every morning? Yes. Did you get up this morning at five and exercise? No. (laughs) So it's the, actually, I was doing my morning morning meditation ritual at 5 a.m. Does it have the same meaning, though? So if you know what should be done, but you didn't actually do it, that is an important factor to understand. When you're interviewing for your team, what you're looking for is someone who actually did the work or showed up with an example that is as close to what you would do or your ideal solution as possible. So the question becomes then, tell me about the last time that you X, Y, Z. Maybe it's about, you know, dealt with an angry customer for uh, for example's sake on a, a lower level position. Tell me about the last time that you had a really upset customer. What did you do? What happened? What did you do? And then what was the result? So it's a three-part question, behavior, descriptive interviewing. Tell me about the situation. What did you do? What was the result? And from that approach, you'll be able If you're the one who is bringing these details forward to showcase a real live example of one of your best examples of how you work well. Think about the culture of the organization that you're in or the culture and values of the organization you're interviewing for. And you can tie in your example to those values. And secondly, what did you do? So how did you bring your personality, your, your knowledge, your credibility to that conversation to handle it well? And what was the result? The result should be ideally measurable. So whether you've heard of that concept or not, behavior descriptive interviewing, if you haven't and you're a leader and you'd like to learn more about it, feel free to reach out to me. I'm certainly happy to have a one on one conversation with you. I'm also hosting an event coming up on March 23rd called The Conscious CEO. It's a virtual event, so you can dial in from anywhere online on Zoom and join us. It's the conscious CEO, and it's for women who are solopreneurs who are ready to move up to a CEO. You haven't maybe yet hired your full team, or you're not confident yet hiring, leading, and empowering your team with ease and grace, and you're looking for more ways to do that. That is the outcome for the conscious CEO. There's a workbook that is for the masterclass participants. It's a 90-minute day 90 minute Session and it starts at 10 a.m. Mountain Time on March 23rd. You can go to my website, avonsilver.com, and under the events tab, you can learn more about the Conscious CEO Masterclass that's coming up. So, more on how to hire the right person. I've interviewed and hired about 6,000 people in my career, so I've done this a lot, and now I'm sharing that insight and wisdom. With my coaching clients who are ready to step it up, ready to get away from the minutiae, to step into being in that CEO mindset, working strategically on the things that will move your business forward the fastest and the most impact in the most impactful way, and serving your customers much more deeply. Because we all know that marketing dollars are, well, it, it's marketing dollars, right? If you can have more client referrals coming in, coming in through your staff because they love working at your organization and they're so proud to be members of your organization that they naturally recommend you for their clients. Their potential conversations turn into client conversations. They're just talking proudly about where they work and what they do. And that is infectious and it's resonant energy that is felt by the other person who very often will offer a referral. Oh, I need you to connect with my friend so-and-so because they can really use your company's services. So your staff become your, your best ambassadors naturally because you as the leader are empowering them to success. You're demonstrating the culture, you're living and breathing with resonance, the culture of your organization and creating a culture that is inclusive, diverse, Acknowledges the contributions of everybody race, religion, sex, age, skin color, all diversity types, genders, etc. And so you're building a collaborative, connected, compassionate workplace. And who doesn't want to work for a successful organization that has values that really are about building a connected, collaborative, respectful workplace? So I want to share a little bit more about my best-selling book, Words, Women, and Wisdom, The Modern Art of Confident Conversations. I actually recorded a video when this was launching. Uh, it actually launched overnight. Um, overnight, it hit bestseller, November 1st, 2018. It's available on Amazon as an ebook and also a physical copy of the book and for every physical copy sold i donate one to a women's shelter foundation or not for profit and that's something that is near and dear to my heart i've given away hundreds of stacks of i usually give stacks of 10 so for every 10 that are purchased i'll give a stack away and i've generated hundreds to different organizations including the business and professional women's group their mentoring program, uh, Canadian Business Chicks, which is now the Universal Women's Network, Making Changes Organization, and many, many more. And I'd love to be able to do more of those donations. So um, I'm going to run the video, actually have the producer run the video that talks about the, the book. And just know that last summer, I also recorded it. So it's in my own voice on audiobook as well. And I will put the link to that in the show notes afterwards. So let's run that video. Ladies, a new book is on the horizon. Words, Women and Wisdom, the modern art of confident conversations. This new book is for women ready to rediscover their inner confidence, take a stand for themselves in life and business by using more powerful language. Words are so powerful and have already changed history. On October 5th, the New York Times published a story detailing decades of allegations of sexual harassment against film producer Harvey Weinstein, and numerous women in the entertainment industry found the courage to go public, banding together with a powerful voice that change is long overdue. Even Oprah Winfrey, television network icon, gave a rousing speech at the Golden Globe Awards in January. The media has showcased the Time's Up Legal Defense Fund. The Me Too movement is flourishing and all signaling it's time for women's equality and change. I believe it's time to give women the verbal agility to create more confident conversations. Words, Women and Wisdom, The Modern Art of Confident Conversations is the book which provides practical approaches for women to ask for what we really want and receive our request. Hello, I'm Yvonne Silver, Certified Executive Coach and Senior HR Professional, seasoned in business. I teach women to flourish in business by using more confident language to help empower and engage others. This book is the result of over 35 years of my career, professional career, working in four different countries. I've interviewed over 6,000 people in my career for job interviews, executive coaching, for sales and consulting conversations. And I've listened to hundreds of women in particular who are looking for a better way to collaborate. They're looking to be uh, asking for what they really want and heard and validated, especially in business and women often earn less than men for doing exactly the same job. It's 2018, it's time for change. The modern art of confident conversations explores words we use at home, at work, words that trip us up, elevate us and encourage us, and when no words are even required. It is about how to leverage the power of words in a positive, in a collaborative and impactful way. Now I work with women entrepreneurs and leaders who are empowering other women and leading through mentorship programs and my coaching, public speaking, interviews, and writing. I'm passionate about women's equality. Why? I grew up in England in a house with a flow of negative comments from my father which destroyed my mum's dignity until she became an empty shell of the vibrant woman she'd once been, belittled by constant criticism and questioning of her abilities. Through my own life journey and supporting hundreds of female clients, I've discovered critical words to ask to get what we really want collaboratively. I know there are critical links between our language, our behavior, our mindset and our success in life. Words from a song can replay in our head for hours and poetry can bring a lump in our throats. I've combined my insights with interviews from influential women sharing their pearls of wisdom supplemented with research and reference studies from established scholars. Women are rising up, it's time for women to be heard. Let's use more powerful, positive language and join the rising tide of change. This book is for you, a woman looking to the future ready to embrace significant positive changes in your life by using more confident language. Eliminate those words that drain your power, add words that energize and invigorate and shift from ordinary to extraordinary. Just one word can change your life. I believe every woman needs their own copy of this powerful book. It's time for action and time for change. Order and reserve your own copy of Words, Women, and Wisdom today. Thank you, Don, for sharing that. So, when it comes to these types of coaching questions, how to elevate, how to step it up, how to move from being a solopreneur to a CEO, how to hire how to lead and empower your team with ease and grace, that's part of my, my current body of work, work the Conscious CEO. And as I mentioned, the next event, it's a masterclass coming up on March 23rd, 10 a.m. Mountain Time. And the details for that are on my website, yvonnesilver.com under the events tab. So check that out. If you're a woman who's been in business for the past couple of years, maybe by yourself, you're ready now to expand and grow. You've already got your first you know, $250,000 worth of sales. It's time to start building out your team. So let's connect and we'll work through what that might look like for you. But join me for the masterclass. There's a really useful assessment, a 10 point assessment to figure out. Are you ready? And if you're not quite ready, what areas do you need to put focus on? in order to have that thriving business where you can actually take a vacation once in a while and step away and still have business sustainability, creating an exceptional role model for your children, especially for your young girls, if you have girls. Being a role model, leaving a legacy, having a sustainable business and having that important family time and beach time. So join me on March 23rd. I also advertise this is a live show today. So if the, the information I've shared so far is raising comments and questions, I'd love to hear from you. We have a few lines available for dial in. So you can dial in if you have your pen and paper handy. This is the number one 627 6008 And I'll watch for monitoring those lines. So I wanted to share a couple of other concepts from the book and then also look at some amazing women who have made such an impact in history. One of the other words in the book is in the chapter that is talking. It's talking about um, self-talk. Actually this one is from uh, awakening keywords to empower your success, and the word is receive hmm how good are you at receiving from others because very often we try to multitask we're very capable women of multitasking and you know picture the woman with the stirring the pot on the stove, a baby on her hip on the telephone um, stirring away and making supper all at the same time and yet it's actually something that women seem to struggle with is this this concept of receiving. So based on thousands of interviews and hundreds of conversations with coaching clients, I know that most women give more than they receive. And with the smaller percentage of executive or board positions held by women, and that's validated still by the catalyst research I shared earlier, many of the lower level roles, which heavily emphasize serving versus strategy are still held by women. So when giving to others, serving others at work, attending to our children, taking care of the household, or our elderly parents, often that equation of giving versus receiving gets quite out of balance. Many religions also share that it's better to give than to receive, and, and groups um, groups encourage service before self Although when women continue to try to give from an empty place, an empty fuel tank, this giving imbalance just doesn't work. You hear it on the airline every time you fly, put your own air mask on first before helping others. Have you offered to help another person and then realized in doing so that you now have very little time for yourself? Well, how do you say no? (laughs) when you really do feel that this is something that you're being asked to do which is not a fit for you how do you say no politely and respectfully you can simply say hmm i appreciate the invitation however that doesn't work for me or that's not a fit for me or no thank you at this time You don't have to give a long story of why it's not a fit. Very often women feel we have to justify saying no because we want to be polite and respectful and light. All you need to say is no, thank you. It doesn't work for me right now. Because the longer the story you give, the more the other person is going to evaluate for themselves. Well, wait a minute, you're event, if you'd invited them to an event, your event tonight isn't as important as my event. And then it gets into a judgment conversation in their head. Totally unnecessary. Stand your ground. Make your choice. Be polite. No, thank you. That doesn't fit for me right now. And do not explain it. You can even bridge that conversation by moving straight on to another point. So you're not leaving a long gap which is inviting the other person to jump in with a comment or a rebuke. It is simply a statement. I'm not available for that. Thank you. And then you move on to your next conversation. Keep the conversation flowing. So there is no opportunity. There's no opening for them to come back and query what it is that you're saying. You're firm. You're backing that up. You've moved on to another topic. So when it comes to having time for yourself, whether it's for exercise or fitness or reading or quiet reflection time, studies and continued growth, that's important work to nourish yourself first, to be giving from a full cup. Now we know as women that oxytocin is that hormone and it's a neurotransmitter that is involved in childbirth and and breastfeeding, actually. Sorry for the men that are listening to this call, but that's the reality of it. It's also associated with empathy, trust, sexual activity, and relationship building. It's the feel-good hormone. So when we give, we get those feelings of oxytocin. You can also, though, get those same feelings, those same natural highs, when you co-create something together with somebody. It's like being in a dance where both parties are contributing and both parties are giving into the experience collectively to have a joint cohesive solution. So when you dance well together, you get that oxytocin. So it's produced in the brain's hypothalamus. If you wanted a little bit of medical background, females usually have higher levels than males and it's released it's um, the hormone is released. That feels good. It's not surprising then that we look for continued ways to be receiving that hit of positivity. There's various pieces of data in my book in that chapter. And also, I, I share some information that was quoted when I interviewed Marcy Shymoff, uh for my book. So she has her own book, Happy for No Reason, Seven Steps to Being Happy from the Inside Out. And she shared that she was doing a speaking engagement and it was after she had signed something like uh oh 5431 books at an event and she went back to her room looking out over lake michigan and collapsed on the bed in tears and realized that even though she had checked off everything on her her wish list that Theoretically was making her happy, had a great home, had a loving husband, had supportive friends, was at the peak of her career. She still wasn't happy. And so she shared how she went on a journey and she went on a journey to discover what makes people happy from the inside out. So she's not just looking at the next thing. She's looking at what truly would bring her happy. And she went on to actually write her book about it. But here's a few things from that topic of receiving that were from the interview that um, she quoted. Do you push away or have a hard time accepting compliments? So someone compliments you and says, hey, that's a beautiful dress. Is your response, oh, you mean this old thing that I got on sale? Or do you accept the compliment with a simple thank you? I appreciate that you noticed. Yeah, makes a difference. Do you feel guilty when people offer to help you with things? Do you push them away? Oh, no, 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 it's okay. I can do it. Or do you allow others to help you? Because the energy of reciprocity is what the world thrives on. It's not about how are you and then the conversation stops. We naturally go into that reciprocity energy. How are you? I'm doing great today. How are you doing? So it's a natural energy of flow. So let's keep that going. Do you have a hard time accepting gifts from people, (laughs) whether that's compliments or other gifts? Do you downplay your successes around others? Are you playing smaller than you're capable of? because you don't want to upset the balance of friendship. It's time for you ladies that are listening, if that is resonating and that it's hitting something home for you, it's time for us to have a conversation. Let's talk about how you could be thriving, what your potential really looks like. What are the gifts that you want to share with the world? What is it that you have that is that unique combination of what you love to do, what you're really good at, what you have a natural passion for, and you can make an impact for somebody else. If you've ever read Viktor Frankl's book, Man's Search for Meaning, I know it says man's search, it's everybody's search really. He was in a concentration camp many, many years he had a lot of reflection time by himself to really think about what makes a happy life. What is the definition of purpose? What is purposeful work? We know that one of the things he discovered, one of his three main points, is when we're working on something that has an impact greater than ourselves, that we get a higher feeling of self satisfaction. It's more than companies that are making money. It's about making an impact, making a difference. And if you're in a role right now where you're not genuinely feeling that you actually are making a difference, you're not being listened to, your opinions are not being validated, you're not having a chance to speak at the senior leadership table, please do reach out. Let's connect. Let's figure out how I can help you I've helped women who want to move from one organization that's not fully utilizing their skills to another organization get uh, over a 50 percent salary bump while they're doing it. And still move into a job that is in much closer alignment to their natural abilities, to the level of expertise and experience they have so that they can have a much more rewarding career and also be better paid for it. I've helped women who are unclear about whether or not they want to be classified as an entrepreneur, or maybe they want to live in the space of being an advocate and being a speaker that are making a difference, making an impact by sharing their perspective of written, putting together uh, workshops, running retreats, clients who are heading for a TED talk, clients who are making big ripple effects by using their gifts and using them strategically, using them with guidance and building out a business they can step away from that is sustainable. So it's not about trading time for dollars. If you're working on that model, let me tell you, there is a better way. It's not all about that because you'll reach a ceiling in your business where you have no more hours to give, whether that's 30 hours, 40 hours, 50 hours, whatever you desire to work inside your business, If you're trading your time for dollars, you will cap out, you'll max out. And there are other more beneficial ways to share your gifts, use your skills, support more clients, and make a bigger impact. And I'm passionate about working with those women who also have a desire to have a mission-inspired business. It thrills me to be able to donate a copy of my book for every one purchased to women in shelters, not-for-profit organizations, and Women who are running foundations and want to have tools to be able to give to the women in their programs who need to understand how to ask for what they want and get it, how not to be in a compromising position. Just by changing your body language, if you're working in an area of town that is somewhat debatable, just by walking differently, you will fend off A potential predator. Somebody who's put their head down, is really making themselves small, not demonstrating a lot of confidence, is a much more likely target than someone who's fast-paced, walking firmly, assertively, looking like they have a mission and a purpose. They're going somewhere with their head held high. That air of confidence, people aren't going to mess with that that gal. So it's important that you Have that sense of purpose from the inside out so that your body language is resonating. That what you're saying is in alignment with what you're doing. That energy of resonance is huge. And I I have a lot of people coming and saying all the time, oh, I love your energy. That's what that energy is. It's the way that I'm supporting my clients. The way that I'm helping them to look at their language with new insights, to use new communication tools that are leading edge tools, leading edge and not bleeding edge, (laughs) leading edge tools to actually work smarter versus harder. Now, one of those tools, I have this on my website, too, but you can uh, connect with me on LinkedIn, YvonneELSilva.com. Oh, sorry, uh, under LinkedIn, Yvonne. Yvonne Silver, yeah, just look me up, um, or on my Facebook page, you can look me up as well. But it it is a tool that I use in my business that is a personality science tool. It actually is a powerful tool that has some artificial intelligence wrapped around it, so I can actually think about my ideal clients, put some languaging together, put some copy together that I think will resonate with them and then run it through an artificial intelligence app that has empathy built in. And it will tell me whether or not it's gonna land with my ideal clients based on their personality style. So there are all kinds of new tools out there. That one is a favorite. And it's so much so that I've actually gotten certified in that this uh, last year to um, be delivering for entrepreneurs. 90 minute sorry 90 day sessions that are helping to have a focus on personality intelligence also though business and sales intelligence artificial intelligence the emotional intelligence topic and spiritual intelligence because if it all ties together and nourishes your soul you will have a much more productive business that is flourishing because it's in alignment with who you are, and what you do, and what your clients value. When those three things come together, that's value. So I love working with people who are ready to grow and expand. I love working with people who are ready for more. And when I think about women in the past who've made such a difference in life. Thinking about people like Amelia Earhart. I mean, let's go back in time. Women have always made a statement. Not only were we living the the homestead lifestyle, but we were the ones who were responsible for all of those survival skills, the cooking, the keeping after the kids, clothing, running the house. Right, But also Amelia Earhart back in 19, well, she lived 1897 to 1937, but she was the first woman to fly across the Atlantic Ocean in 1928, as well as the first person to fly over both the Atlantic and the Pacific. Now, she was the one who disappeared in uh, July 1937, and Franklin D. Roosevelt authorized a $4 million search to recover her and her co-pilot. Yeah, that's a lot of money back in 37. So she left the legacy that women can do absolutely anything that we set our minds to. Looking in Canada, Nellie McClung, who lived between 1873 and 1951, a novelist, a former, a reformer, a journalist, and a suffragist. She was the leader in the fight to enfranchise North American women with a small group of dedicated women later known as the Famous Five. And her efforts led to Manitoba, which is one of the Canadian provinces being the first province to grant women the right to vote in 1916. That was her legacy. Then we have Biola Desmond who made history by making an impact, challenging segregation practices in Nova Scotia. She um, was the lady who Uh, Long before the modern civil rights movement in the United States was a a black woman from Halifax who took a stand for racial equality. She was a hairdresser. And in 1946, she caused a stir by refusing to move to a section of the theater, unofficially set aside for black patrons. A Couple more people I want to acknowledge before we wrap up the show. Justice Bertha Wilson. So she was the first woman to be appointed to the Supreme Court of Canada. Um, She trained in in law in Canada, although she was coming from a working class family back in Scotland. And she was appointed to the High Court in 1982 and had um, already a track record with the Justice um, as the Ontario Court of Appeal. And then in her nine years on the Supreme Court, she was one of the people who often operated um, and under, she understood the seemingly neutral laws that disadvantage women and minorities, so she was a powerful advocate um, working on women's rights, then also Mary to acts early who was the challenged, she challenged law discriminated against First Nations women. And she was plunged into activism at the age of 55, improving the lives of thousands of Aboriginal women and their children and benefited about, wait for this number, 16,000 women and 46,000 first generation descendants, definitely worthy of recognition. And I also wanted to recognize one of my friends and colleagues, uh, Roz Savage, who um, I met through uh, an event hosted here in Calgary when Richard Branston spoke. Um, she's an MBE and now Dr. Rose Savage, an English ocean rower, environmental advocate, writer and speaker who holds four Guinness World Records for ocean rowing, including the first woman to row solo across the three oceans, the biggest ones, the Atlantic, Pacific and the Indian, and now is a United Nations climate hero. So women make an impact. Women make a difference, and I'm calling forward. It's your turn. What can you do to make a difference and make an impact? I encourage you, if you haven't listened to this show before, today I have been the featured guest of my own show. <laughs> um, but we do have guests every couple of weeks. My last guest, uh, Jennifer Huff, has worked as applying science um, the, uh, sorry, Applied Physics, looking at how to flourish in business. Her new book, Unstuck, is still um, one of the replay items in the archives as the last show. And I encourage you to consider what can you do differently from the learnings from today's show, shows that showcasing powerful women who are making change happen, women who are stepping into their own power, generating their own resources earning bigger wages, making space for other women because they're entrepreneurs ready to hire their team to step up their game. What can you do this week to make a start on that? If you're in doubt and you're a solopreneur ready for growth, tap into my website, yvonnesilva.com on the events page, register for the March 23rd session of The Conscious CEO, And join me for a 90-minute masterclass on looking at how you can move away from the minutiae and step into being the CEO of your organization, ready to hire more women at fair wages and continue the ripple effect. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you've enjoyed this session. Feel free to leave a comment on Facebook afterwards when I publish the replay if you weren't listening live. And I look forward to you joining me for the next Words, Women and Wisdom radio show. Have a great day, everybody.